We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. We are talking A Clean, Well-Lighted Place by Ernest Hemingway, one of the best examples of existentialist short fiction. Coming up today. Why do all the great existential stories always happen in a bar (laughs) it just seems like a theme right (laughs) alcohol is always involved i think when we do our best thinking at least here on the codex cantina (laughs) well i'll say this uh there is big praise for this because our boy jimmy joyce he once remarked he speaking about hemingway has reduced the veil between literature and life which is what every writer strives to do have you read a clean well-lighted place it is masterly Indeed, it is one of the best short stories ever written. Quote. Oof, that's high praise. It's a good story. Let's get into it. All right. So late at night, we have an old patron who is deaf sitting there in the shadows of the cafe. Light force source being this artificial light. I don't know how much you want to get into the usage of light in the story, but he, he's in the shadows, right? And in the cafe, we got two waiters. We got an older waiter. Right, who might be kind of like middle age between these these three gentlemen, and then the other waiter is the youngest. So we've got a young waiter, probably a middle aged waiter, and then an old man who's deaf and sitting there drinking. Yeah, in the shadows, all by and lonesome. Now, none of these characters have any names. Why? I think uh, it's a great use of allowing you to see yourself in any three of these spots. Um, I mean, because you and I are obviously the middle aged guy in this story, but. We could relate to the younger guy, and we could see ourselves being the older gentleman one day. So it's great that you could set yourself in any three of these scenarios. I think it also exaggerates the difference between them, right? By by making me call him the young waiter versus the older waiter versus the old man, like that further that for that further enforces the difference between all three of these and their stages of life if we view it that way. Agreed. Yeah. So one of the waiter kind of kicks off the story here by saying like yeah that old guy he um he tried to commit suicide the week before um he knows it was over despair but that guy's got plenty of money which is interesting because uh as two guys that just went through quarantine <laughs> i think you and i can relate pretty well with that feeling of despair that feeling of we didn't realize how fragile some of our social networks are you know this old man what whether he just lost his wife or or, or moved away. Like, like we don't know the, the real longer story of this old man. But that idea of how quick it is and how easy it is to become lonely is, is very real. What I found odd in this situation, even at the very beginning of the story, before you know more about the young guy, is that he doesn't seem to have any care that this old man is sitting there by himself. Uh, he's, he's very selfish and... Uh, comes off as very naive as well. We can talk more about that later. Uh, but I think that it just shows in the story that even though these three guys are together, the two waiters and the old man, 
they're all lonely there together because they don't have a bond, a relationship. And that's something that I think is lacking uh, that, that Hemingway for me is saying, hey, you have to foster these relationships for them to have any meaning to make sure that they uh, they they improve your life. Otherwise, you are going to be sending up. You're going to end sitting alone in a bar, drinking, in the dark, alone and sad. The old man, like he wraps the the tea saucer. Right? You know how I want some more brandy, right? Like the young man knows what he wants, right? And he even does like that exaggerated talk to him. So so they are able to talk to each other in a sense, but are they communicating? Are they understanding each other's differences? I think they understand each other, but I don't think they understand each other's differences. I think that each are hearing each other, but not listening to one another. Because the old man, I don't think, wants to be consoled. He he just wants to drink his sorrows away. And the younger man, the young waiter, has no interest in consoling or getting to know why this old man is, is sitting there drinking alone. He is way too self-absorbed, and that may or may not come with his age of why he's defined as the, the younger man. I, I think we're led to believe that, but yeah, they're, they're definitely not communicating on a level that has any meaning. Do you think that it's kind of like one of those games where that they, they speak different languages almost, and so the younger waiter has to come back to the middle-aged man, the older waiter, and that older waiter who's closer to the old man almost translates it like, no, no, no. He was in despair. Over what? Nothing. <laughs> like, like, is this is this older man other better able to relate to the younger man because he used to be him? And he knows what he's heading towards. He knows the older man that he's other he's he's able to better translate the younger man and the older man's uh, needs in a sense. Oh, for sure. I mean, he is the linchpin between this. He's literally the guy in the middle. He, he as we go through the story, you'll notice that the middle-aged man sees already some of the older patron, the, the old deaf guy, some of his life is already eking its way into the middle-aged man's life, right? He's headed that way. But he can kind of empathize with the young man of where he's coming because uh, we really haven't said it yet, but the young man is is he's eager to get out of there. It's it's late at night. Um, mm -hmm. It literally the only person in the bar is the deaf old man drinking, and the the young guy wants to get home to his wife, you know, and he wants to spend time with his wife. And there is this breakdown of communication, and the middle aged guy is trying to say like, hey, like be nice to this old guy, and he doesn't come out and say it like that's going to be us one day, but. Um, He's, he's basically saying that this is his only place of comfort. Why can't you understand that? And the young guy's like, well, my place of comfort is at home with my wife right now, and I can't be there because this guy just wants to sit here and get drunk. Uh, why, can't, why can't you guys understand that? Uh, so there seems to be this d dilemma between the three age groups of what each one wants and what is best for each one. Do any of those points of view seem more selfish than the other? I don't think so. Uh, I, I think that the young man wants to be home with his family. I, I think he has a right to that. Um, I, I think that the old man is looking for, you know, solace in a bottle. Uh, th th there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I, from a certain point of view, I guess. Maybe the <laughs> middle-aged man, uh, because the middle-aged man 
he, he wants the, the young man to be able to go home to his wife, but he also wants to stay open because he knows that that bar is the only place some people have as a place of, of solace, of a place of comfort. So maybe his is the, the, is the least motivated in the beginning anyway, because as you get to the end of the story, we realize that the middle-aged man is like, man, maybe I need to be at the bar too because he might be an extrovert. He needs to be there with those other people to kind of keep him going and recharge himself. Oh, okay. So you, um, you're interpreting that any much differently than mine. Interesting. Let's, let's explore this different view because I took the youngest man as, as the most selfish. I'm not saying everybody was perfect, everything was clean, but there's, there's, to me there's just something crass about the way that the the middle-aged waiter is just like, look, man, everybody needs a place to go. We can help him. Like, this is good for him. And, and there's something about when you're talking about thinking of others to just suddenly, like, switch to yourself like that. There's there's a very famous uh, news clip when last February we had the news break of uh, Russia started to invade Ukraine, right? And there's a very famous clip where a newscaster, they're talking about this. They're talking about the invasion, which is world tragedy. Nobody wants to see a war. People hate to see people get killed, right? And the newscaster goes, oh, I know, it's terrible. Like, this is her coming in. She says, and I was planning a trip to, to Europe, and, and we had to put it off for a while for COVID, and now I can't go to Europe Ooh. because, you know, this war, who knows what's going to happen. And it's Ouch. super cringe. It's super yeah. cringe because you're just like, lady, step out of yourself. Right. Like, like you need to think about others. You need to think about the world and, and how we're all connected to me, not at that level, obviously, but, but it's that same feeling to me when I read this of, of you said, Hey, there's nothing wrong that he wants to go through his wife. And I think that's true, but I think there's something to be said of, he went up to an old man and said, you should kill yourself. There's something to be said about how this old man is literally trying to fight for his life. And the only thing that's keeping him alive is this cafe and brandy and, and a clean place to feel somewhat comfort for him to be like, I need to go home to my wife. An hour is an hour. My time's the same equal of his time. Like to me, they're, they're not the same. Like there, there's something cringy about the way that this younger man, he's not terrible, but he certainly drives in as opposed to acknowledging perhaps others. I don't have a really great argument against it when you take into consideration that he tells the old patron to take his own life. Um, so that I found completely unacceptable. If that hadn't happened, and again, I'm going off on a tangent here, if. Yeah, so yeah. Let, let's say that let's say that he, he was a little bit more tactful about it and didn't say that, but everything else in the same was in the, uh, was the same in the story. I was a waiter. Um, through college and the restaurant closed at 10 o'clock mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. when those people walked in at 9 55 and they're like oh you guys are still open oh great and they like all come in joyous like yes we made it before you guys closed and there's literally <laughs> nobody else in the restaurant you have all the chairs up except for like two tables you're trying to you know fill your salt and pepper shakers and you know take care of the ketchups and stuff so everything's ready for the next day and you're like are you kidding me like because <laughs> they're going to get drinks and they're going to get appetizers and you have to make their food and they're going to eat and then they're going to do dessert and they're going to talk and then you have to clean up yet they have to pay their bill 
if it's 9.55, you're not getting out of there till 11, 11.30 now. And you could have been gone at 10.15. And you could have, you know, I, I was trying to get to my girlfriend or get to a party or something. And that's selfish of them. Like, that's rude. Uh, and again, we're still open. It's all legit and everything. But still, I think that is selfish to think, oh, four minutes, we're going to keep this, you know, we're going to keep this kid here for an extra hour and a half when he could be out there living his life and not, you know, spending his time here at work. Uh, because I think life is more than work. Uh, so I, I get where the young guy is coming from, being that I'd been in the service industry before. But being that he told the guy some very awful things, that that completely demolishes my argument. <laughs> but I, I guess it just, it, it think about, I, I look at it this way sometimes too. Older people have a lot less time. If you're 65, you maybe have, what, 15, 20 years, good years left. You should be wanting to go do all the time. <laughs> and young people have all the time in the world, and they're wanting to go, 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 when they should slow down a little bit. And mm. that's why I, I like the middle-aged uh, guy the best, because he seems to understand both worlds, uh, uh, understand both worlds and seems to get that this is, uh, there is no good choice. You know, I'm curious, you say you like the middleman the best. He had one of these really profound quotes. He said, I am of those who like to stay late at the cafe, the older waiter said, with all those who do not want to go to bed, with all those who need a light for the night. What is the light in this? Camaraderie, com uh, relationships, uh, compassion maybe, because as you said and pointed out at the very beginning of the story, the old man is sitting in the dark by himself because he's alone. He has nobody. Mm. And light is the relationship, meaningful relationships. I mean, that's important that we have with one another that give us purpose to our lives because we're social creatures and we need that. We need that validation. At least most of Say, us do. Whoa, 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 I do. Slow down, slow down, slow down. <laughs> give me those three again. You said compassion. A meaningful relationship. What was the third thing? And, oh, now I forgot. <laughs> I was on a roll. Rewind. Well, <laughs> Play that again. Well, 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 the reason why I ask is because when when you if you look up like a lot of of discussion on this, you you very we talk about how literature is sometimes a window, a door, and a mirror. I think what's so powerful about this story is that it it tends to be a mirror, particularly if you're unaware of kind of perhaps what's happening here, because a lot of people talk about how. Perhaps what the story is talking about is the purpose of life, right? And I think you get that. But you so quickly threw in that camaraderie. You so quickly threw in that, that relationships. And I've heard you mention that before, that I wonder how much of this is, when you look at what these characters want, what the characters want, how much of it are we projecting onto it, right? When we think about what is the most important thing to crypto's life, I promise you, you would have said relationships. You would have said uh, time with significant other. Like that That sounds like you, right? Yep. And that's not at all how I read that part, right? Oh, My, okay. I read that part as, uh, have you ever heard the phrase, um, every man needs a garage? Yeah, yeah. Right, and, and it, isn't, it isn't the idea that you need an actual physical garage. It's every man needs a hobby. He needs a, a thing to do, a thing to fulfill him. 
right? Because sometimes it's work, right? Some people dive headlong into work and their identity is so tied up into it. Other people have these hobbies, have these relationships, have religions, communities. Like there's so many different things we can get caught up on. We all have our garages that we build, right? And to me, this man realizes that his light, his, his clean restaurant is sometimes that garage for some people. For this old man who's ready to 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 cut out on life, right? Who's ready to give up. He realizes that his garage is just to come here to, and to drink and to reflect where the dust has settled, where where the light is is clean and, and, and he hasn't had any problems. Uh, he, he is providing that garage as a service to people. And to him, that is more valuable to keep and provide that service than to look inwardly maybe and spend time with a significant other. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to judge anyone that thinks that way. But I think that's part of the existentialist challenge. What is our purpose in life? What's our garage? We need to define that. And each of these characters is going through that, I think, kind of. Except I would argue, maybe I'm being too negative on the younger guy. But he's just, even when I was younger, you're so busy. right? Like looking for a significant other, getting married, uh, finding or starting a career, building the skills and resources, rent, finding a home. Like there's so much to do. There's only so much you, you, you can fill your time with, to your point, even though you have all this energy, that that you miss that ability to discover what is your light, what is that garage that you need to spend your time on, your purpose in life. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, to stick with your analogy on the garage, I think that for the younger man, his garage is closed. He doesn't want other people over at his house. Uh, or if he's in his garage, he wants to be doing his own thing. He wants to be with his family, his wife. I think that the old man has his garage door open, but all the lights are off, and he's just sulking in his despair. And I think with the middle-aged man, the the older waiter, I think that to your point of that he sees it as a sanctuary for other people to come to, I think he needs that as well. As it shows later in the story, when he goes to a different bar or cafe, he realizes that he needs to be in the bar with the patrons as much as they need to be in there with him. And I think that it's a symbiotic relationship. And I know I, I see myself in that, and, and that, but that's how I view the story of that these were all about relationships. It's the young man with his wife. It's the middle-aged man only having his patrons at his bar. And it's the older man of lost maybe the love of his life, and he couldn't live without her, and he tried to take his own life. Uh so I think it is that as where, where do you find meaning in your life, um, I think is very, very important. And it, it can be whatever you see fit. And I don't think there's any wrong. I think that the story shows that it evolves over time as you get older. And with that experience, then you will understand, I think, other people's plights better or sufferings better. Yeah, I would completely agree with your your statements there. Uh, particularly about how that the young the middleman um, the the older waiter, I completely agree that when you see how he feels so much loneliness at the end, that's when you realize oh you're not really doing this for other people in the garage you're doing this because that's where you <laughs> have some interaction and stuff so I I agree that um, sometimes lying to yourself sounds too strong, but you're definitely misdirecting your energy you're you're playing the martyr. Of, oh, I'm doing it for them, but you're really doing it for yourself is kind of how I view the older waiter. I mean, that's us, right? 
I mean, we're literally the middle-aged men and we say that we do the channel for our viewers or, you know, to make a little money or as a hobby, but we do it so that you and I can hang out. <laughs> it's true. Right? I mean, we're it's true. We're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if you guys enjoyed hanging out with yeah. us, make sure you uh, check out our playlist of other Hemingway talks down below. Subscribe, like, we, we'd really appreciate it. Let us know your thoughts on this story down below. My name has been Una. Peace. Peace.